In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. But if you can get her talking, pursue her heart. Do whatever it takes to pursue her heart. So what I say, dads, is your daughter didn't come with a playbook, but I'm going to help you write one. It's not the critic who counts, not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better. The credit belongs to the man who was actually in the arena, whose face is marked by dust and sweat and blood. Welcome to the Men in the Arena podcast, where we interview specialists in the realm of manhood. Each of our guests is an expert in their chosen field or cause as it relates to men. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Men in the Enjoy Army, today's episode. we salute you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos, and I'm here with my brother from another mother, Dale Culver. How you doing, man? I'm doing excelente. Excelente. Well, hey, uh, I'm glad to have you here. And I got to tell you, I am uh, super excited about our guest today. This is actually our first solo female guest that we've had on the show. And the way I got to know her was I was in Alabama speaking. And after I was done speaking, I had three or four guys go, dude, have you heard of the dad whisperer? I'm like, no. Yeah, she's out by your area somewhere. Nobody knew her name. They just they were deeply impacted by a talk she did about how to speak to your daughters. So I I, I go, you guys got to give me your name, and none of none of them knew her name. So finally, a guy said, "Oh, here's her name. Here's her name." So I went and looked her up. Found her. Lo and behold, she lives 35, 40 minutes from uh, McMinnville, Oregon. And so I was super excited to get her on the show. Just read her one of her two books. And guys, listen, if you are a father especially of daughters, you need to listen to this podcast. This may be the greatest podcast episode you've ever heard in your life. So you really need to hear from the dad whisperer about how to become a daughter whisperer. But before we get into that, Dale, do you got a man word for me today, brother? Yes, I do. You ready for this? Yeah, why do I keep saying brother? Anyway, go ahead. Because uh, I'm your brother, you know. Uh, my ahead. word Sorry. today is listen, and uh, so I. Think you it's may be hearing me, but th- do you listen? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think of that all the time when we're together. So um, <laughs> I know you say it. To me I all have the time. I know you hear me, <laughs> but are you listening? <laughs> uh, having three daughters, uh, they like to talk a lot, and so I have to um, put on the. The listening ears and the listening face, and um, and just oh yes, oh I hear you, and how did that make you feel? Oh, okay, um, so 
uh, if we're not listening, uh, they feel unimportant. And um, so I think dads, we need to stop and look them in the face and listen to our kids, our wife especially. Um, put the phone down, listen to her. Otherwise, you might catch something to your forehead. So just some advice from me. Well, speaking of forehead, guys, you need to go to YouTube and you need to Google. It's not about the nail. You, when you do that, you'll thank me later. So, hey, bro, that's a great man word for today. And I know my wife has said all throughout our 30 years of marriage, stop trying to fix my problems and just listen. And so it's not about the nail. Hey, Dale, do you have a shout out from anybody out there? Yeah, I got one from uh, Josh. And uh, he said that he's uh, been hungry and searching and my family has been patiently waiting for me to step up for a long time. And your podcast has been an answer to prayer, and I haven't felt good listening to a single one, and I love it because I'm feeling the Lord's conviction every single lesson. So keep up the great work. So that's awesome. Man, that's cool. I'm going to give a shout-out to Nathan up in Alaska. called me yesterday. And uh, it's funny. These guys start quoting everything, every word on your podcast. So, guys, keep the reviews coming. <laughs> We're here to help you get it because when a man gets it, Everyone wins. So, hey, I want to bring on our guest today, Dr. Michelle Watson Canfield. She just turned 61. Now, the very fact she told me her age, you got to respect that. Uh, she has been married since June 2020 to Dr. Ken Canfield. That name may sound familiar to some of you guys. Michelle is a national speaker, author, and professional counselor of over 25 years. She is the founder of the ABBA Project. And Dr. Michelle hosts, I love that, Dr. Michelle. It just feels right. Dr. Michelle hosts the Dad Whisperer podcast, as well as co-chairing the Father-Daughter Initiative at the National Center for Fathering with her husband, Ken Canfield. There you go. Now you know where that name comes from. She's written two books, including topic for today, Let's Talk, Conversation Starters for Dads and Daughters. I am really excited about this because... I've got a wife and a granddaughter, and I know there's going to be crossover today. Michelle, thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? Well, <laughs> I'm excited to be here and be your first solo female. Whoop, whoop. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is going to be great. And we just want to put you on display in your ministry. Uh, there, there's so much going on. And when, I, when I, I go all the way back to Alabama and meeting these multiple dads who are deeply moved, and actually some of them got choked up when sharing that the dad whisperer changed everything about me and my daughter. And so what we're going to do, though, Michelle, is we're not going to give you any mercy. We're going to throw you right into our rapid fire round. You better. You better. But let me just say one thing right there. I love the fact, Jim, I did not know this, that none of them knew my name. Yeah. And really, it remind, I like this whole thing got started because God told me, like John the Baptist, that I was to be a voice of one calling out in the wilderness. Because remember, John the Baptist was all about turning the hearts yeah. Not the heads of fathers. So the fact that I'm a voice and nobody knows who I am, to me, is the best endorsement you could have started with because it's not about me. I'm in the background whispering and saying, men, don't tell your daughters where you got this idea. You get the credit. I'm in the background whispering, say it like this. I think you'll get a different response. So I love that intro. Well, it's so good because we want the goal. I don't know what your goal is, Michelle, because I haven't dove deep enough in but the goal of a dad whisperer is to make dads become daughter whisperers and yeah. so i'm so excited to have you on the show because some of us guys we're so clueless we want to do the right thing we want to say the right thing but our masculine dna 
sometimes gets in the way of us speaking uh, what Emerson Eggers would call pink. You know, we're so used to Mm -hmm. speaking blue and hearing blue. We don't speak pink and listen to pink, and and I'm excited to have you on. So our rapid-fire round, basically what it does is I'm going to give a couple phrases uh, out of your book, uh, just real short. I just want you to explain what they mean uh, because we may or may not get them into the podcast, but I thought they were excellent, and I want you to have a chance to explain them. So the first one is the obvious one is Dad Whisperer. Yes. So I actually was given this name when I was doing an interview with Chris Fabry at Moody Radio a few years ago with my first book, which is just, by the way, a little plug. If, if dads want more resources, it's just called Dad, Here's What I Really Need From You, A Guide for Connecting With Your Daughter's Heart. And Chris Fabry goes, you know what you should be called? The Dad Whisperer. And that it just sort of stuck. And I, I remember another friend saying, you know, Michelle, that really does fit for you because we men do not like women shouting at us. And I don't know how you do it, but you really do seem to whisper. And I'm going to be honest with you, Jim, that is not my DNA. Like I, I have no problem keeping up with the boys and shouting, at, 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 you know, when I need to. So the fact that God has really, I would say, put a mantle and a calling on me, that was really, again, a compliment that he would say, you don't shout at us. So that's where it came from. Gosh, that's such a such a great name. So the next one is this one, and I am still trying to sort this one out myself from your book on page 13. Insider Venusian Trade Secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've all heard of the book Men Are From Mars, Women Are From? Venus. Venus, which means you're a Martian, I'm a Venusian, and it also means you speak Martian, and I'm Venusian. So... What, what has really happened to me since I have been leading groups of dads since January of 2010, every year I mentor 12 men, except not now due to COVID, and really over nine months, meet once a month, God gave me the name, the Abba Project, Abba meaning daddy in Aramaic, and men love a project, hence the name. And so this whole thing where I, they call me their token female, they're a band of brothers, we sit around and every week there's different themes, and that's what again is in the books, that's where these um, I would say these practical ideas for men are born out of is my interactions with guys these many years over a decade. And so this whole idea, I would say in the last 12 years, I now am bilingual. <laughs> I speak Venusian and Martian. I mean, I've still got a ways to go, but I've come a long way. Men have taught me how to speak their language. And you know what? One of the things I've discovered, men just say, get to the point already. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Like, we don't want all the words. And I'm like, you guys, I know. I, I know I'm maxing your capacity with all these words, but at the end of the day, men are like, I don't want to go 10 places and ask for directions. Tell me one thing to do today to fix it, to make it better. And I go, okay, here's a dry erase marker. Here's a pack of sticky notes. Go right on your daughter's mirror today. Tell her what you love about her. Cause that mirror is her enemy. I'm not kidding you. We see every flaw and you love walking in front of that thing because you're going looking pretty good today. <laughs> and we're over here going, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm wrinkled, I'm gray, whatever. Dad, go right on your daughter's mirror. How's mm-hmm. that? We're just starting right out of the gate here, Jim. Giving dads practical ideas. And I want you to know, man, that is your weapon. That dry erase marker in your hand is a weapon where you get to speak truth to counter the lies in your daughter's head by putting messages on the mirror in her bedroom, in her bathroom that she looks in with your truth. I love being your dad. I can't believe God lets me be your father. I'm so proud of you. You're beautiful to me. You think that one, will that preach, Jim? Oh, I love that. Well, you know, the funny thing is I've got, 
two sons with very, very serious relationships. One's getting married in July, and one's going to probably get engaged right after the wedding, the other one's mm. wedding, and, and just being able to speak this language into their hearts. These are, yeah. these are in their 20-somethings women, and they need it just as much as when they were eight. You got that right. In fact, I a lot of times when I, I love speaking at men's conferences, to be honest with you, I pretty much don't do women's conferences. COVID changed everything, but it it is just my love to be there. And and truth be told, nobody can see me right now, but I'm just going to insert this because it's coming to my mind, is I have really clear boundaries with men. And men know that. Yeah. Because a spirit of seduction in a woman will find a spirit of lust in a man and they're going to dance. And every one of your wives will go get away from my man if Absolutely. that woman is not clear. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, I'm not. I'm, we just don't, I'm never alone with a woman, period. So it would have to be a group setting for sure. Yeah, exactly. So I come into these men's conferences and it's such an honor to me that they invite me to their club Two, that they talk to me about what's really going on. And then three, that they would even listen truthfully to anything I say. But really my goal is to not only equip you to be the dad you want to be and that your daughter needs to be, but I want to help build your competence so that it builds your confidence. That's really good. So we've already talked about this a little bit, but I do want you to dive a little deeper into the ABBA project. Yeah, sure. It's Again, it's a nine-month, once-a-month group. And when God gave me this download that I was to help turn the hearts, not the heads of fathers, He every month I invited, you know, I didn't even know where to start. So I invited 11 dads at the time whose daughters were my counseling clients in their teens or in their 20s, said, would you want to join me once a month for six months? See if there's a change in you your daughter and your relationship. Mm. And 10 of the 11 dads said, yeah, we're in. And I've had people say, wow, men don't add more to an already full plate unless they know there's a need, there's a felt need. And by the way, my one holdout did come in year two, by the way. So I got all 11, but I digress back to the story. So really with these 10 guys at month five, I said, are you guys ready to be done next month? They said, no, we went a year. And every month I had no idea what the next month's topic would be. God would just download it to me. So I would either write or collect it. And that really makes up the content of that first book. And then born out of this work with dads in my groups, I didn't write a second book for five years because I didn't want to write one just to write one. I think that can be an easy, maybe a little bit of self-grandiosity kind of power. Oh, I want to be an author. I want, no, no, no. I, I, I want to be a scribe, just like they were in the Bible. Like, I want to write down what God tells me to write. Yeah. And so I got this download. This was probably about three years ago. It was right before, like two days before our last ABBA project. And I said, how many of you guys, if there was a book that gave you scripts of what to say to your daughter, to open up deeper dialogue, more meaningful conversations on all kinds of topics, how many of you would pick up that book? And all 12 of the guys raised their hands. And I said... Okay, well, that's the book Abba told me to write next. So there you go. That's the second one. So these guys in the Abba Project, it is one of the coolest things I have ever had God assign me to in my entire life because these guys come from all walks of life. I've got a guy over here who's an atheist paint store worker. I've got an agnostic uh, guy who is from another country and is construction worker. Then I've got a pastor over here. And then I've got a guy that works at Intel. And that, that kind like the diversity is, and one guy has a transgender daughter that he can't connect to. And another one, because of divorce, doesn't even get talked to by his teenage daughter. And it's the complexity of these stories where these guys champion each other 
And I love leading that, being one woman in a group of men where sometimes they ask me, but a lot of times, Jim, do you know what I do? They ask me a question and I say, tell me what you think first. Mm-hmm. And guys have so much collective wisdom. And I sometimes I say, I had no idea that men talked so much and that they cried so easily. And they've often said, one, it's because we're not competing with women in here. Mm. They've told me that. And number two, they've said, yeah, I think when we feel safe, they go, I don't know what it is about you, Michelle, but somehow it it seems easy to cry here, which I think awesome. I think men thrive when they connect with their heart space and that's where they're better dads. And so what's so fun is they'll come and go, you know what? This is actually changing how I relate to my wife, which was what you said, Jim, in the intro. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, because it's the same skill set. And you're going to, I had one guy say, I'm even a better dad now to my sons and I'm a better manager at work. So men that are listening, you're right. Even if you don't have a daughter, you have women in your life. And learning some of these skills is going to help you thrive in the way that you relate to people. No, that's really good. So going back to your call, and your ministry here. So you've just got married in June, first marriage, no children. Tell us about your journey in working with dads and daughters. Where did that all come from? Walk us through that journey. Yeah. So it was, as I was sharing earlier, is, you know, December of nine, I was reading in Luke one, where God told Zechariah that his yet to be born son, John, we've all heard of John the Baptist, would help turn the hearts of fathers to their children. And I've learned to listen to God's voice. It, mm-hmm. I think it gets louder. His voice gets louder the more you get used to listening to him. I think sometimes we think it's our own voice. But when God speaks quickly, and it's not what I was just thinking, and it lines up with the word of God, I always know it's him. Mm-hmm. Those are my That's my three trifecta, threefold way of knowing it's him and not me. And so I just heard this, that's what I want you to do. And I'm like, what? Turn the hearts of fathers. I've always mentored or counseled women mm-hmm. since I was 19, over four decades. Like, oh, what? I was 49 at the time. And again, I love that you said, I'm not afraid to say my age. I'm like, what? <laughs> ev? Just, you know, it's a, it's a number. And so really the truth is that, that I think God knew that I needed to be more seasoned, you know, to work with uh-huh. men, you know, the older I get, you know, I got the wrinkles, you know, no attraction there, you know, but really the point is it doesn't matter. I just want to be clear in my spirit and how I lead men. I hug them. They know I'm not copping a feel. You know, but back to the call question. See, I digress. Welcome to Venus. And so (laughs) (laughs) really, um, I I just was so struck by that. Like, what? I'm supposed to work with fathers? Like, it just was so out of the blue. And yet this calling, as I'm calling, you're you're calling it that, I'm calling it that, this calling, this passion. I mean, there's times I just weep for what I see in this nation because I I think we see that if, effect of fatherlessness in this nation. We see the effect of what abortion rates and sexually transmitted diseases and early promiscuity and things and the effect that that has on women that disempowers them. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe, Jim, that our nation will be healthier with healthier women. We will be stronger as a nation because women have so much power and influence, right? A woman can flirt with a guy and pull him in. I'm not saying it doesn't go both ways. But man, if we used that, I would call it power, you know, that you could say energy that maybe that sounds new agey, but for, for making a difference and being a world changer, it would change the world. But when you trace it back so often, it's a father wound or a father void that has her 
looking for love in all the wrong places, right? And so dads, it, you know, it goes back to you. And I get more emails from estranged dads than anything else, even this week. Yeah. Uh, uh, Last week. I mean, it's almost, almost weekly. I get emails across the country from dads who are estranged from their daughters for different reasons and they don't know what to do. And I, I say, dad, it's up to you to turn your heart. Like Malachi four, six says the hearts of fathers have to turn toward their children. Then the children to their fathers. It's, it's, if then it's one, two, and that same call there, right? Malachi 4, 6 gets picked up in Luke 1 when after 400 years, like that's tied. So I see that I would call this a John the Baptist calling, that I am a voice of one calling out in the wilderness. Come on, dads. It's up to you. You're building a bridge to God as a father. It, there's no more excuses because we see a nation of women who sometimes are going to this side of me too, I've got a scream at the nation's capital. I walked there the day women, I, yeah. I happened to be there actually at the health and human services that day in 18 where they're picketing. And I see women shouting, see me, listen to me, say I have value. And you men, you fathers are, are literally the bridge to God as a father, but you're the bridge to our hearts so that we can know who we are and whose we are. And it's up to you. God has called you. And I'm going to say one more thing. I know I'm doing a lot of talking here. But dads, do you realize the privilege and responsibility? But I'm going to go privilege you have that God as a father is inviting you to represent him on the earth. I mean, isn't that terrifying? I mean, Jim, what's that like for you to know God is entrusting you to represent God as a father to your kids? It's a, It raises the bar to a degree that only through trusting God, can you really do it without being overwhelmed, right? Yeah, yeah. Without being overwhelmed. So so, so you talked about men are building a bridge, and that, that is so good. And one of the things in your book you talked about, men just get paralyzed because they don't know the first step. And, and on page 12 you said, the best way you can invite her to enter into this process is to say, let's talk. So can you talk to us about this uh Let's talk. And this letter of invitation, how, how does this help initiate this uh, new dad whisperer, daughter whisperer concept with dads? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I love even at the beginning where Dale was saying the word for today is listen, because Ken has said to me, my husband, you know what? You could have called this book. Let's talk and listen. And Dale, you didn't even know that, you know. It's, that is so true. It, it is. It all comes down to listening. But let me ask you this, Jim, have you ever noticed with your wife, maybe how old's your granddaughter? Five. Okay. So she's, she's not at this point yet, but she will be when she hits her teen years. But here's the deal. Tell me if this rings true for you is when a woman stops talking, you know, that whole thing is something wrong. No, nothing, nothing's going on. Nope. I'm fine. Like we, when we stop talking, we ain't okay. No, and, fi- and fine does not mean fine at all. <laughs> Come on, preach it, brother. That's what I always say is fine is a non-answer answer for us on Venus. Men don't ever take that at face value. In fact, you know what? I love that you said that because I'm all about practical tools for men, for their fathering toolbox. Here's one you can use, men. 
the way you can get your wife talking dot and i say get her talking that might feel forceful or manipulative i don't mean it that way a way that you can invite her to open up is use the word she just gave you the last word or the keyword of a sentence to ask a follow-up question oh. remember in school you would do who what when where why and how pull why out why are why is a looping question guys don't ever ask why you'll get i don't know or because like it doesn't open up a conversation, but you can do who, what, when, where, how. So put one of those keywords in front of the word. So if she says fine, what about your day was fine? How are you doing fine? Like, believe it or not, she'll bite. I, I do and I don't even sometimes know that I am. Is that helpful? Well, yeah, my wife will say something like, oh, this, then that happened. She'll be really upset about her day, and all I have to say is this, honey, I'm so sorry, and boom, the next sentence comes. You know, yeah. just because the worst thing I can say is, well, why didn't you do this and this and this instead? No. <laughs> exactly. I'm so, I've learned to say, honey, I'm so sorry, and it just – Oh, that's good. You know changer. what another one is? Another three-word sentence is tell me more. Tell me more. That's... And sometimes they're like, I don't want you to tell me more. And we're that like, is... you care so much that you, you want to hear more, you know, so say, tell me more. Yep. That is really good. So you said, you, so you went on and you talked about men, how they will often refuse to even start if they don't feel confident. In fact, you said the last thing I want to mention in the onset of our journey, you said this, you said the research consistently supports that in every area of a girl's life, it is better when they feel connected to their fathers. But can you unpack your finding that men would rather do nothing than make a mistake when it comes to their daughters? Because you've got this tension, right? If a man yep. gets it, the daughter wins. Yet men, and the dad wins. Yes, yet the men are sometimes paralyzed because they'd rather do nothing than to make a mistake. Unpack exactly. that. In fact, yeah, men would rather do nothing than do it wrong. Like that's men are like, I don't want to do it wrong. And you men are smart enough to go, Okay, I can tell I'm making it worse. I'm going to back off and let mom go in. I'm like, no, 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 no. Yeah. Doing nothing is doing it wrong. And I know you want to do it right, which is what you even said, Jim, earlier. So my, my response to your question here is going to tie in the last question that you asked about. How do, you, how do you kind of start an invitation if you have a daughter that maybe is more introverted and doesn't like to talk uh -huh. and you're just you know, trying to squeeze blood out of, out of a turnip? She just it doesn't talk much. How do you, how do you get, get a conversation started? Well, that's where in, in the dad with, I mean, in let's talk, I have 60 conversation starters or activities that your daughter, you could even hand her the book on your dad, daughter date and say, which one would you like to go through today? Like you don't, you don't have to decide. You can let her decide. You can write her a letter. Hey, I'm working on being a better dad and I could use your help to help me learn how to ask better questions and know you better. You know, take her to her favorite place to eat. She'll love that. But back to this thing about the research. Some, some of you guys listening love the data. Just give me the facts, ma'am. Well, here they are. As you said, every area of a girl's life is better when she's connected to her father. Now, there's the mm -hmm. word. She feels a connection. So I, I've even um, read some studies where, you know, 75% of dads said, yes, I'm close to my daughter. And there's this one where two different organizations, one is called dads, one and another one asked daughters the same question independently of each other is how close do you feel to your dad? 75% said they did not feel close to their dad. Oh. I, thought, I think we just have a different definition of close. 
Yeah. And so dad, that might be practical action. Step number three here, ask your daughter on a zero to 10 scale, how close would you say we are? Because we see the same word, but we mean different things. You might think it's an eight. She might say it's a three, you know, and then you follow it up with what could I do to be Mm -hmm. a better dad to you? You don't put it on her. You put it on yourself. Well, you said something early on that you flew over it. And I want to go back to it because your book gives these guys 60 conversation starters. And then you Mm -hmm. said for your daddy daughter date night, we need to stop there because (laughs) that's important because yep. There needs to be a dad-daughter date. So you've got 60 dates with your daughter, and yeah. now you've got 60 ideas. That's an, that's over a year's worth of dates. So talk to us about the dad-daughter date. You're right. It's a key thing. Now, some of you men may have daughters that think it's creepy to call it a date. I have some fifth-grade girls that said, that's super creepy. Like, <laughs> we don't want to date our dad. We want to date a boy, you know? And they're kind of pre-adolescent. And I was like, You know, that's a really good point. You might not want to call it dad-daughter date. You might just want to call it, you know, dad-daughter hangout. Just come up, ask her what she wants to call it. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, it's part of the ABBA project. I have dads once a month, minimum, need to do that one-on-one time with their daughters. And I've had some dads that say, she's too busy. She's got sports. She's got athletics. She's got these other things. She works. I can't get any time with her. These dads have had to get creative. I'm going to go get her Jamba Juice or Starbucks, and we're going to meet on our front porch. I'm going to come in, and I'm going to say, hey, hun, could we have a half hour? And I'll just come to your room, could we, or you can come into my office or whatever. Let's go through, through these questions, because the more your daughter talks, here's what I wanted to go back to. You can tell when we're closed for business, but when our mouth closes, our heart closes. When our mouth opens, our heart opens. So God said, Men, it's up to you to turn the what? Hearts. Hearts of of your kids to you. And we thrive as women when our hearts are open. We're thriving. Dad, you're a key to helping that happen. And if you're the one that's hurt her feelings and you shut her heart down and she's the drawbridge is up, it's not open to you. It's up to you to ask forgiveness, not just say, I'm sorry. It's, I'm sorry, will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. Tell me how I hurt you. It's up to you to, again, say, how can I be used of God as a father to reach her heart? So again, back to some of your questions. I love all of these. I've got them all in my head here. I want to go back to the research for a minute, but that's the dad-daughter date thing. Minimum once a month, dad, set up a time, find a favorite place she loves to eat. Create a rhythm, create a rhythm. That's a key word so that she knows Every Saturday morning, it's me and dad. Mm-hmm. We, that's our favorite breakfast place and that kind of thing or a food cart or whatever. Some of your daughters, I had one dad that his daughter's like, I hate this. They literally got in his pickup truck. We'd go through the Burger King parking lot. He could ask her one question sitting in, you know, what do you call the front part of the truck? The cab, the cab. One question. He'd have to memorize one question out of all the questionnaires because she didn't like that whole thing of having a script. He had to do it her way and do it. She she just didn't like it. So, Dad, you're going to have to grow in being able to alter this to fit your daughter. If she doesn't like to talk, it's too creepy or it's too scary to have honest conversation. You might need to write out the questions, mm. a couple of them, and put it in her room and say, can we do it that way? If your daughter doesn't live with you, you can do texting. Yeah. It might be she likes that better than emailing 
or something like that. You might have to do written. If you're estranged from your daughter, I've had some dads where I suggest that is either uh, start, start even maybe where you would write in a journal and write things down that you wish you could say to her that have dates and times so that when we believe by faith, there will be a, a restoration down the road. Can you imagine the gift you give your daughter when you hand her a journal that says, you know, on May 13th, you know, 2018, here's what I was praying for you. Here's what I wish I could tell you. Here's what I was remembering about you when you were five. I'm telling you, that's going to reach her what? Heart. Heart. Yeah. Well, you said, I'm going to go back to your book because you said something you've already mentioned. You said the best way for a girl or woman to connect, or a woman, so wives as well, to connect with herself and with others is through talking. And yep. you said this earlier. I'm going to quote it again out of your book. When we as women open our mouths, our hearts automatically open. And when our daughter's heart is open, her dad's heart invariably opens. So what advice do you have there? Yeah, so the key is if her heart is shut down because you've hurt her, right? It's on you to make amends. If she's hurt because someone else has hurt her, if you can let her get it out, okay, this is super gross, but I'm just going to say it. It's like popping a zit. If you got a bunch of infection, you got to get it out. Yeah. And so dad, you've got broad shoulders. Don't try to fix it. In fact, if you, if she says, dad, hey, can I talk about something with you? And you think that's an invitation to give advice. It isn't. That's, can you listen? As Dale said at the beginning, can you listen to me talk it out? In fact, listen to what one dad, I told you dads in the Alba project have great advice for each other. I had one guy named Rick, three daughters. Here's what he said. I have learned to now ask, is this a listening session or listening conversation or an advice giving conversation? Because he's like, I don't know the difference. So I ask and then she tells me. And let me just, I don't want to forget, Jim, to go back to the research because some of the guys might really love this about every area of your daughter's life, men, is better when she feels a connection to you. Listen to some of this. She will do better in school, mm -hmm. get better grades. She's more likely to finish high school and attend college. She'll experience greater self-esteem with a connection to you, less body dissatisfaction and healthier weight, lower rates of anxiety and depression, she will delay having sexual activity. Okay, come on, men. Yep, for sure. That needs to be a book. Yep. How fathers are the best contraceptive in America. You know, who would have thunk? Better than more... condoms. Better than <laughs> condoms. Let's write it together, Jim. I'm in. We're, we're, we're keeping it real. I mean, listen to this. She's more likely to find steady employment, lower rates of substance use, drugs and alcohol, all because of a feeling of connection to her father. Do moms matter? Absolutely. But this over and over is repeated in, in the research. The last one I'll say is daughters who feel connected to their dads. It, actually, this is sons too. Just because my lane is dad daughter, I'm specifically saying it that way. Yeah. But truthfully, greater rates of increased empathy, mm. pro-social empathy. I mean, don't we need that in our nation? Mm -hmm. Dads, you have more power and influence than you even know. At times, sadly, in our media, I think sometimes there's messages, even sometimes in the church with a lot of the activities, well, women are better greeters. Women are better at serving. Women are better at cleaning up. Women are I'm like, no, where did, we, where did we start gender dividing that stuff? Yeah. Men, again, the more you live out what you want your daughter and your sons to live out, 
being a servant, being a giver, being a helper, being a listener. You are you are raising world changers right there. Well, and, that's, and they're going to help you grow. And that's you know? so good because even as a husband, I'll say, okay, do you want me to fix this problem or just listen? And so that's so important that we as men and fathers learn how to be a sounding board without trying. You said this in your book, without trying to fix your daughter's problems while she vents. That's so yeah. important. Guys, I would just stop right here and say, you need to get that part. Maybe her heart is closed to you because all you do is give her advice. Try listening and hearing her heart. I just want to challenge you guys to do that. So, hey, so um, Michelle, in your book, you, you used a phrase, I really love this, or a word. I really love this word, and I want you to unpack it for us. You said this on page 37. You said, you see, guys, a settledness takes hold in the depths of a woman's being when she knows she doesn't have to shout above all the noise just to be heard. And a power takes root in her when she fully believes that she matters because what she thinks and feels matters. I love that word, settledness. I, I know from uh, 31, 30 years of marriage that when my wife feels unsettled, when mama ain't happy, no one's happy. So, no, yeah, so yeah. the goal is to help her feel safe, secure. You use the word settledness. Will you unpack that for our guys? Sure. So I think the fact that you that you even as a dad, even of sons, but you you resonated with that word and you say, I've lived it. In fact, I ask men every year in the Ava Project, how many of you have been married to a woman or or were married to a woman who you would say has daddy issues? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. What percent do you think raised their hand? Oh, I would say 90 to 100. Bingo. Yeah. You're exactly right. So we go, women aren't okay. They're not settled, even in adulthood, when they have unfinished business with their dads from childhood or whatever. And you know what happens? They end up working it out with you. So then you get stuff projected on you that ain't about you. But because you're in the man category in her brain, that file opens and you're like, what did I do? This isn't about me, but you kind of can't talk her out of it. So really that unsettledness is because she has wounds in yes. different places. And one of the things that you highlighted there is because we all get hurt within the context of relationship, but we heal within the context of relationship is that dad, if your wife or any women in your life, maybe people you work with that you just go, oh my goodness, this woman is a bear. Means she has wounds, right? Hurting people hurt people. Just, you could probably take a guess that it may have to do with some dad wounds that she's been hurt by men and it's getting projected on you. You have an opportunity to be a healer by the way you respond to her. And so dad, that whole thing about her voice, because what you read there is she won't have to shout above all the rest yes. to be heard if she knows you're listening. Well, really dads, this comes down to the fact that when we as women have a voice and we know that what we say matters, as you just read, it, it does a strengthening in the core of who we are. And you as a dad, you might think, I don't even know what she just said. She yeah. just talked for 10 minutes and didn't take a break. And I have no idea why her friend drama is this <laughs> big of a deal. Yeah. Because I don't even care. In fact, you know, like yesterday I was talking in a counseling session to a 15 year old and literally 99% of the session was about friend drama. I mean, this is where that age lives. Now, if you as a dad are like, you want to hear about real problems? Let me tell you what's going on at work. 
you know, somebody embezzled in my company. I'm about, you know, so I have to fire someone like that's a real problem. So you got to really go to her level. I mean, think of it. That's what Jesus did. He came down to earth to our level and walked among us. Yeah. That's what you as dads, you may not know how to do it. You're like, man, I don't know if you've watched The Chosen. Oh, man. Come on, blow our minds. Hold right? on, hold on, stop. You, you, you. Okay, do, okay. I just had we just had the associate producer on a month ago. Shut and, up. And listen, season two, episode oh. four came out oh. this morning. Yeah. And when he heals the guy at the pool of Bethesda, I yeah. started crying again, just like a baby. And that's what I. I mean, this this incredible series. Oh my gosh! He's yes, Jesus. Like the one that got me too is he's talking to Nicodemus, and it's right out of scripture and it's like it makes it come alive because i'm not reading it on a page i'm hearing it in a conversation right oh but I'm saying, you guys if you haven't watched the chosen that's how you can be a spiritual leader in your home gather your kids around press play it's that simple and you get to lead your family by having then conversations about what you see if you don't know because a lot of men say you women you're more verbal, you're more emotional, you're more equipped. And I'll let you take the reins with spiritual leadership. Well, right now in your home, turn the chosen on because you dads can even have the thought in your mind. Wow. He's walking among them. I, I could even go off for a minute because I have, I have spoken on Luke 10 with Mary and Martha. Jesus yeah. models how to respond to a woman who's frazzled. Yeah. He goes, you are worried and upset about many things. Now, I think if I was Jesus, I would say, oh, you want to hear the many things I got going on? I'm healing the dead, you know, healing the sick, raising the dead. See, I'm walking yeah. on water. See this? This is where the yeah. nails are going to go. <laughs> yeah, this is where they're going to go. Come on. Like, yeah. you got no problems. All you yeah. have is 15 men coming over to dinner unannounced. Like, but he doesn't do that. He no. just validates. You're worried about many things. And he, 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 says only, he says only one thing is needed. You know, he's like, it's me. I don't know why he compared her to her sister. I don't think that was a good move, Jesus. I'm just going to be well, honest. He was single. He was single. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'll tell you what, Michelle, yeah. that 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 series, shameless plug for these guys. Man, I, yeah. I, I was late coming in this morning because I couldn't put my phone down watching. And it's just a free app, The Chosen. But you you made a comment, and, and I, I, I think we're hammering this, so maybe this is what our guys really need to hear in all of this. Hmm. You know, I, I, if you were to ask me, Michelle, what's the greatest gift my wife could give me? I would not say love. I really don't care about that. I want her to respect me. Yeah. And, and for a man, the greatest gift you can give a man is respect. And so, but for a woman, you said, and I, I love this, and I want you to unpack this. Listening to her is one of the best gifts you can give her. So what's the difference between hearing her and listening to her? Come on. I've never been asked that question in all these years of interview. <laughs> that rocks on there, Jim Reynolds. Yes, there's a big difference because active listening, uh, probably the best way I could make that make sense for you men is think of how you watch sports on television. You lean in, you make noises, you shout, you have direct eye contact that's sustained over a long period of time. All interruptions, you don't even hear them because you're all focused. That's what active listening looks like. So when your daughter's talking to you and you say, I don't care one bit about what you're telling me, it's really hard 
to do all of those things, isn't it? Yeah. You're waiting for an interruption. Oh, sorry, hon, I got to take this call. Nope. What it means is you put down the remote, you turn the phone off, and you say, Jesus, you got to help me because I really don't care about this conversation. But I love my daughter. Yep. And this matters to her. So it's like you got to do some self-talk, some big-time self-talk while you're listening because she will read between lines. I always say men read lines. Women read between lines. Oh, yeah. So you're like going, no, I'm listening. And she's like, no, you're not. And you're like, yeah, I am. If she says you're not, she's not feeling your heart turn toward her like the television does when you're watching a game or when you're in the arena. So don't argue with her what you can ask her. Guys, become masters at asking questions. I looked it up once. Jesus asked something like, 175 questions. Oh, he was I, I the master. Him. He was a master at asking, what do you want me to do for you? Well, duh. It's, can't you look at what he's going through? He wants us to use our voice to talk with him. Here's the Lord's Prayer. Talk to me. Prayer. Talk, talk, talk. So you're really, again, modeling the heart of the Father, the heart of Jesus when you're saying, not only talk to me, but listen to me. I mean, how many people say, I feel like my prayers hit the ceiling. I, I'm not ranked you know, ragging on dads, but I would say when you talk with your dad, does it ever feel like it's bouncing off the ceiling or bouncing off him? There's probably somewhat of a correlation of how you learn to relate to God and how you feel he listens to you by the way your dad has. And so dads, why not just start out of the gate if your daughter's just born or five or when it's easier to listen and kiss her boo-boo and make it all better. And now she's 15 and she's in a mood because as Dobson calls it, juvenile puberty, all those hormones are surging through her body. It affects her thinking, her moods, her behavior. It's not her fault. She will grow out of it. So if you make her think there's something wrong with her, that she's so moody and so volatile, you got to just hold the space. God made you to hold the space because God as a father holds our space. He'll help you through the power of the spirit to do what you can't do in yourself. Because apart from him, you can do nothing. Well, you know, it's really interesting, Michelle, because we're talking to men right now about listening and how to be a da a daughter whisperer. One of the things I read in your book that really was impacting and I think is really impactful for men is this. And you said, and you just, I like how you communicate because you kind of hammer the guys with it. Guys, I can't <laughs> underscore enough how intensely vital it is that to help nurture the, here it is, the gift of verbal expression in your daughter by inviting her to engage with you in this process of answering questions. She'll become clear as she learns to put works to what is inside her ranging from fears, feelings, questions, calms to doubts and dilemmas. See, that's powerful to me because you're telling guys, you're giving guys a project an assignment. You're saying listening is nurturing the gift of expression in her. Yes. So a dad's job should be to get his daughter to continue to express. Exactly. <laughs> Which might be counterintuitive. Yes. Especially if you're an introvert, man. It feels counterintuitive, but who of us doesn't want to grow? Who of us? I mean, really, don't we pray that sometimes or we sing songs at church? And then, you know, the Trinity is like, okay, we're going we're gonna to answer that one. You know, and you're like, no, no, I didn't actually mean I want to grow. Well, your daughter's going to help you grow in learning how to listen, learning how to be softer, right? Learning how to give attention longer because your son maybe go, come on, dad, let's just go do something. Yeah. Let's go shoot hoops. And she's like, just listen to me. And again, I, I know this is an over 
you know, generalization. Not all daughters are wired that way and not all guys are wired the other way. But really, yes, you when you foster verbal expression in your daughter, in your home, you are preparing her to use her voice outside of your home. If you want to raise an empowered daughter who knows how to stand up, stand alone, speak up, speak out, stand up for her convictions, even if she's the only one who doesn't care, she's got to learn that at home. Yeah. So at times where you go, why are you fighting against every rule I set, against everything I ask you to do? Do you realize you're, you're actually working with a very strong-willed daughter? That is something good in her. Yes. So to just shut that down and say, just obey, don't talk back, just comply. Because truth be told, I mean, you know, being married so late in my life, my dad has been my main man. My dad was a pastor and he was raised, you know, south side of Chicago. He was in gangs from the time he was 12. Uh, three different last names among the dads. His dad was an alcoholic and the, the final time he left was because my dad's mom put an iron to his face when he came home drunk that time. Oh, whoa. And he, he was homeless and he died of gangrene. And he had lived in a boxcar. I mean, you just go, whoa, that wasn't a common story. But in the, on the south side of Chicago, that sadly wasn't all that unusual that you had, you know, wreckages in homes. And so again, my dad did not grow up with a template of how to be a dad mm -hmm. at all. He goes to seminary and they go, uh, you need to get up 15 minutes earlier and have devotions with your family. So he comes home, we're getting up 15 minutes earlier to have devotions, you know, because some man told him, this is what a good dad does. And I know we have so many more resources now than we did. This would have been for me in the seventies, but I can tell you, even with my dad growing, there's a lot of times he doesn't know how to deal with this verbal daughter. He's even told me before, your words wear me out. <laughs> and I said, well, thank you for being honest. I don't know. And I, I remember saying in that same conversation when we were literally having dinner at Costco, we would do Monday night grocery shopping. And then we do dad daughter selfies at the grocery store. Dad, there's another idea for you. We literally would go, we go shopping every Monday night, Costco, and then this little cheap grocery store. And we would find something to put on our head. We go to the you know, the gift section and put like a bag on our head with the curly, you know, ribbon and do a dad daughter selfie with a funny thing. And we've had people literally through the years, because we did this for a few years, come up and go, oh, you're Michelle's dad. You're, the, you know, we saw you on, on Instagram or on Facebook, like super fun, dad, do dad daughter selfies and post them, you know, but really here's what I would say. My dad, I asked him, dad, do you think we're close? Because, you know, again, I'm writing on dads. I'm speaking on dads. Yeah. I'm, and you know what he said? I don't think we're as close as you'd like us to be. Isn't that, he knew that. Mm -hmm. So again, well, how do we define close? I said, I wish we had more vulnerable dialogue. I want more stories. So I came up with this idea, Jim. We had about a 10 minute drive because my dad doesn't share the stories of growing up in Chicago and how hard it was. Mm. You just, you know, I think for, I remember his mom, when she turned 85, I went to her her birthday party and I sat there, I was in grad school at the time and I was doing this thing called the genogram where you do a genealogy picture of the family. She literally looked at me and said, honey, why do you want to know this stuff? It's too painful for me. Well, my dad was raised by her. You don't talk about things. Yeah. Well, what do you do when you have a daughter? I mean, I'm, I'm so verbose. I mean, I've been a therapist now for 25 years. It's all about people talking to me. Yes. 
Like that is my wiring by God to talk and listen. And then here's my dad going, that is not my strong skill set, even as a pastor, right? So what do you do when you have a daughter that you go, where did you come from? You do not have my wiring. Well, my dad has had to grow in that. I say, tell me. So what I came up with is on the way home from the grocery store to my house, it was about a less than a 10 minute drive, but 10 max. I would say, tell me one story from your childhood. And I started, I'd record them. I'd come home and write them down. But it was a short amount of time. And we would do it for time of year. Like it's Christmas time. Tell me a Christmas story. Or he would at the beginning come and go, I've been thinking all day. I've got a story for you. You know, you guys, it was so fun because my dad is a walking history book. Men, you may think your daughters don't want to know stories of what it was like when you were their age. They do. They want to hear the stories. And so when you talk, they're going to talk. And daughters are going to learn how to listen, which is the last, you know, my book is lead her to laugh, lead her to love, lead her to look deeper at some things going on in her, lead her to lament. And Ken has said he thinks that's the strongest chapter or section in the whole book, because when you have unhealed wounds, you know, and you haven't learned how to grieve, whether it's the loss of a pet, the loss of a marriage in your home, loss of someone you love, uh, that kind of thing it could be lamenting hurts from dad or voids from dad. But if dad, if you can get on the front end of cleaning that out, it won't fester where she's now an adult and married and more of those things unhealed. And then the last one is lead her to listen where we flip the script and a daughter is learning how to ask her dad questions about his life. So that kind of is where I got that idea was doing that with my dad. Well, so, so this is where I think the book graduates to a different level because you're talking about, hey, guys, just go do a date with your daughter, ask these questions. But then you kind of you transcend in the book to this uh, anxiousness that the, the daughters feel or woundedness. And, and where does when does a guy know he's ready to share this? Now, here, you wrote this. Your daughter needs an invitation from you to be brutally honest with herself coupled with encouragement to admit weaknesses and confusion. How does the dad know when that moment has hit? And then how does he go about engaging or pulling that out of his daughter? So you mean not to, to help draw her out? Or do you mean how much he should share of his own story? No, to help draw her out. Her out. Well, the thing you can know, men, is that your daughter will set her own limits. Oh, okay, good, good. She will tell you as much as she feels safe to tell you. So here's the deal. I, I can't even begin to tell you the number of teenage and young adult women I've talked to that say, I just don't even open up because I get a lecture every time. Like, so you, if your daughter knows that you can't handle it, because even, I'll, I'll be honest with you, Jim, I have a sexual abuse history. And that I read, is, that's, um, that's in your book. Yeah. That is not an easy one for a dad to hear. Mm. And my dad has not been able to hear the whole story. I can tell it's too much for him. Mm -hmm. So the thing is, if you're saying how much is too much for a daughter, we're picking up between the lines. What's too much for you. You look away. You can't keep looking at her. Let your daughter see you tear up, men. I think sometimes men go, I, I, again, I cannot tell you the number of men that I've had say, Okay, I felt like I was about to lose it, so I got up and went to the bathroom. I'm like, no, stay there. Yes. Stay there. Sit there. Let her see that you're moved at a, from a heart place. Yes. Because that is how you, again, model to her what 
health looks like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Like it includes getting in touch with your own emotions because more is caught than taught, right? Yes, but for your sure. Daughter, if she feels safe, she knows she won't be criticized or put down. She will open up more with you. I guarantee it. Yeah, that's the key thing I think you just brought out. If she feels safe. You know, one of the things I've noticed um, about my wife, and I, I, I don't want to generalize, but men seem to be really great at focusing on one task at a time. Like mm -hmm. when I look at a computer screen, all I see is that computer screen. My wife has this unbelievable ability, and I think it's a female thing. She can look at the computer screen and and know fully be and fully be engaged with thirty minimized computer screens at the same time. So she's weighing all these things, and so she tends to move into this anxiety phase. And so I not 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 dysfunctional, but just like I can tell she's thinking about a lot of things. And mm -hmm. so for me to create a safe place for her, it's coming alongside and saying, "Okay, honey, what's going on?" What yeah. boxes are minimized? What are you thinking about right now that I can help you with? And I think that's really important for a dad to recognize that even though he's thinking about this one thing, she may have 30 things going on. Yeah. And back to the story I was sharing out of Luke 10 with Jesus. Yeah. He said to Martha, who's clearly freaking out over the many, he said, you are worried about many things. And then he says only one thing is needed. The implication is, because Mary's sitting at his feet, is I'm your one thing. Yes. But I can tell you, there's a lot of daughters that that would be the worst thing to say. Have you prayed about it? How about that one thing? Have you really committed it to God or something that feels like a lecture? But here's what I want to say as a practical thing, springboarding off of what you said, Jim. Sometimes you could offer one thing. What is one thing I could do to help you right now to take one thing off your plate? Because my dad has done that with me. He'll go, can I mow your lawn? Hey, is there? could I go pick up something for you? and save you doing mm. an errand. In that moment, we are bonding because I'm in a traumatic, amplified, right, state. Yes. And the strongest bond we can have with someone is a trauma bond. So think of two people in a stairwell 9-11. They will be forever friends because they trauma bonded. That's why I think a lot of women have a different bond with their kids because they bonded through childbirth. So sometimes dads are like, oh, I don't like all this stress and conflict. Dad, I want you to reframe that. That's building a trauma bond when she's activated, freaking out, and you are just a gentle force. Mm. She may go, no, dad, can't you say, there's nothing you can do. You go, okay, well, if you, if you want, I'm out here when you're ready. Or text me something if something comes to mind. You don't go, until you can talk to me with a better attitude, young lady, you are not going to be, d d no, 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 no. You stay in the space emotionally that you want her to get to. You just said something so powerful and you blew by it. And I, I want our guys to stop. And okay. I want you to unpack this because you said something just now. I don't know if I'll ever forget it. You said to men, to dads, you can be a gentle force. I want you to unpack that. That might sound like an oxymoron. No, it's it's beautiful. It's it's beautiful. How can you be, how can you be a gentle force? Force, I'm talking about leadership, men. I'm talking about how do you lead by example? Because many of you did not have an example from your dad of the kind of dad you want to be. But again, remember, you're being fathered by God the Father. Yes. So you've got a different dad, your actual, right, almighty God dad, training you how to be a dad. So when you come in with gentleness, tenderness, 
softness, my definition of that is meek. It is strength, mm. it is control. That yes. is a quality of Jesus. So when you come in as a gentle force, you're not overpowered. How many times did Jesus overpower people with who he was? Never. Remember, even I one time, if you read in the book of Luke, like, right, he, he, the, the demons are cast out of the guy and he goes, can I go with you to the next town? And Jesus is like, nope, you got to stay here. Oh, no. Before that, though, it says, and he was clothed and in his right man. Where, where did he get his clothes? Where did he get his clothes? Good question. Yeah. Seated and in his right mind. Yep. So again, the point, yes, he was in a very different state when he'd been running around like a you know, crazy man yep. naked in the tombs. But you look at the fact that Jesus didn't just give him what he asked for, but I, I, I know we can't read the tone in scripture, but there's no way he shouted that at him. Agreed. He just yeah. clearly said, here's a boundary. Again, men, if you're more permissive as a parent and you just want your daughter to be happy, I would rethink that. That's a little that too soft. Not, yeah. That's not good fathering. Yeah. Is setting boundaries is what lets us know we're safe. We I, I know of a study where they they um, took children that were in a daycare and it was on a busy street and they put one fence one you know for one part of the study then they added two fences then they added three then they added all four. When all four fences were there, the kids took up more space. When there was only one fence, they retreated to the other side of the yard. Mm. When we have boundaries that are safe, that you're not yelling them, but she's going to push. Remember, it's good when she pushes and uses those muscles. And there may be times, Dad, again, this is really healthy parenting, that you say, you know what? Come make your case. And I'll rethink that. Man, I'll talk to your mom. I'll pray about it. But you see, you're letting her use her voice in your home. That's going to carry outside of there. That's so there's, I mean, I mean Jim, yeah. here's the thing. You're, you're talking to men more than I am. You're at men's conferences more than I am. I pray God opens more doors once COVID's open, because this really is my heart is to impassion and empower men. But do you hear a lot of men? I mean, I'm just asking you, I actually, I've never asked someone this in an interview is what you're hearing me say, are they the same things you're already hearing? being said to men outside of this conversation well it goes back it goes back to our yeah it goes back to the earlier in our interview men do nothing so one of the things we tell men is do something because men get paralyzed in their own lack of confidence and instead of doing something and failing they say i'm going to do nothing and and Uh and that and that's exactly what we're hearing they're saying what and, and guys like me get up and speak and then we say hey here's what i do and they go oh i can never do that so i'll do nothing so right. now when I speak, I don't say that to guys. I go, guys, just do something. something. Pray, at a me- awesome. pray at a meal. So what I want to do today, uh, you've got your meeting here in about five minutes, so I don't want to violate that. But there's so much to unpack here. We need to get your next book, and we need to bring you back on to talk about that book because I know I'm going to have guys like crazy going, we want the dad whisperer back. So Well, I'm telling you, Jim, especially since we're Oregon peeps. I know. You know down the road, I'll come back as much as you want. And, and would you be okay if before we're done, I've given a lot of, can you tell that my desire is to give practical Well, ideas? I've got a question for you you're going to love. Okay, then you go. Okay, so here's my question. I want you to give the guys three short phrases or statements that they can implement that'll change their relationship and their reaction of their daughters. What three things, 
I already know one of them, what one of them is going to be, because I think the book has a title. Uh, but what are the three things a guy can say well, to his daughters? I think, you say my first one. I, I think the first thing a dad can say to his daughter is just go, honey, can we talk? And then he just has to listen. So, yep. okay, what are the other two things? In fact, in fact, I'm going to add something. In the back of my book, in the appendix, I have this thing saying, if you forget, let's talk, conversation starters for dads and daughters. I said, use an acrostic here for the word talk. Yep. Time, affection, listen, kindness. Yes. Like, really, that might be the takeaway today, that you men, because I love acrostics. They stick better. Yeah. So if you're saying, let's talk, oh, wow. How am I doing on giving time, affection, listening, and kindness? Like that might be a takeaway for one dad. So that would be one thing. Second one, drop the anger. Oh. Drop the anger. In fact, I was in church this one day and they do that whole shake your hand, shake the hand of someone behind you. And this guy goes, oh, I have a two-year-old daughter. And I go, oh, I love dads and daughters. And he goes, oh, you work with, he goes, Tell me what I need to know. 30 seconds. Go. Yes. <laughs> I mean, that's what we want to know. Martian talk. Yes. And I can do it. I told you I can do it. And I said, drop the anger. Wow. You do more to destroy her spirit with your anger than anything else. And here's the thing, man. You think, oh, you want to see anger? That, that ain't anger. Oh, I got more where that came from. And she's a puddle on the floor. Yeah. Guys, you have to honor the wiring of your daughter. My youngest sister, 14 years younger than me, my mom would look at her and she would crumble. Mm. That was just her wiring. And she's still that way to this day in her forties. She's a very tender soul. Mm. My mom had to change for her because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. my mom was more of a, of a bold speaker, a harsh mm -hmm. edgy kind of woman. She's not like that anymore. My sister changed her. Wow. Your daughter will change you. So I'm telling you that anger is your unfinished business, man. That button that got pushed was there before your daughter was born. So if you've got anger getting pushed, go talk with another man, go talk with a counselor and do some work on what that's about because it's something in you. Does that make sense? Yep. So oh, yeah. drop the anger is number two. So the first one, let's talk, drop the anger. The third one is remember that you are building a bridge to God. God is a father mm. and you don't have to be perfect. You just have to be present. Oh, I love that. You're just showing up. And sometimes it means you're doing everything wrong. You guys, it's okay. I have daughters that say, oh my goodness, it's so cute. I say, dads, bring a pen to your dad-daughter date. Write out the questions, the answers to her questions. Daughters go, I can't believe I matter that much. Yep. But here's the thing. Okay, this is number four. Welcome to Venus. <laughs> Once you start pursuing her heart, don't stop. Mm. Because I have daughters. In fact, I'll be honest. I have questions in here on same-sex attraction, on sexual harassment, violence, body image, dating, sex, uh, divorce of parents, affairs of parents, loss of a pet or loss of someone. But then the beginning starts with fun stuff. You know, like asking her, what item of my clothing would you love to see me get rid of? <laughs> Let her make fun of you. Like, tell me about your wedding day. I have never met one man. Maybe you, maybe Dale's done this. But this says, tell me about your wedding day. What colors do you want as a little girl? What colors, what flowers, what place? I've had dads go, Oh my gosh, I had no idea she wanted to get married in a villa in France. Do you know who's going to be paying for that? But if you can get her talking, pursue her heart. That's kind of that fourth one. Do whatever it takes to pursue her heart because every daughter's different, right? So what I say, dads, is your daughter didn't come with a playbook, but I'm going to help you write one. No, that's get good. Get a pen out, 
write out the answers. She will teach you how to be a good dad to her. Thank you so much. Hey, this is great. I know you're running out of time. You got to have a, you got to get to a counseling appointment, but uh, where can our guys get your books and how can they get a hold of the dad whisperer podcast? Yeah. So you guys can go to my website, drmichellewatson.com and it's D-R-M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E watson.com. And there's a link there to let's talk. There's a link um, there also to my first book, dad, here's what I really need from you. And you can get either one on Amazon or any book distributor. I also, with the Dad Whisperer podcast, you can go to my website. You can also go, just type in those words to iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, any of those, and listen back. And they're all topical. And so if you have a topic that relates to you, same as with the book. This book isn't designed to start at the beginning and go to the end because your daughter isn't going to deal with all the issues. But when you don't know what to say, so you want to say nothing, do what Jim said, say something and open it up and bumble your way through. Not about being perfect. It's about being present. You're showing up and saying, okay, I'm really nervous to ask you this, but da, 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 you know. Okay. This is so good, guys. Guys, what's our action item for today? What's our boots on the ground? You know, we always leave you with one action item because we know that's how we like to function as guys. And here it is. For every daughter you have, sit down with them or call them or text them and say, hey, can we talk? And when they ask you why, say, I just want to hear your heart and what's going on. So do that. See what happens. Michelle, thanks so much for coming on the show. What a blessing you are. And uh, we just pray that you would uh, continue to grow in your ministry and impact over dads because we sure need help. Oh, I love dads. I'm passionate about equipping dads. So thank you, Jim, so much for no this No problem. Yeah, I look forward to having you on the f- show in the future. Dale, what's next, man? What do, what do we got? Take us home. Yeah, guys, we want you to head on over to menintherena.org and pick up Jim's newest book, Strong Men, Dangerous Times, Five Essentials Every Man Must Possess to Change His World. And also, we'd love for you to leave us a review on this, for this podcast. You can uh, send us an email, info at menintherena.org, or you can just leave a review in the Apple Podcast app. If you do that, we'll send you some swag. Until next time, fill the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Grind it out. And be a man. You've been listening to the Men in the Arena podcast. If you hunger to be your best version, then join thousands of men from around the world in our Men in the Arena forum on Facebook. This is the best place to have open discussions around the topic of biblical manhood. Make sure to explore our website at meninthearena.org, sign up for the weekly equipping blast, and take advantage of our many free resources designed to help you become your best version of a man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. Remember, when a man gets it, Everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.